0: Welcome to the Brothers Grimm, Season 3, 80s edition. Uh, this is Jeremy, and I am pumped for this episode. How are you boys doing today?
1: Doing good, man. Doing good. Just uh, finishing the uh, the week off, about to go out of town. It's going to be a good time.
2: Feeling good. Where are you going?
1: Going to Chattanooga.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Thanks are for you, the invite, bro.
1: Are you going to ride the choo-choo? Sorry, man. No. Absolutely
2: not. Are you, where are you going to go in Chattanooga?
1: Uh, we're staying at Airbnb, just kind of on the south side next to the stadium. Nice. FR, so near uh, Warehouse Row It's
2: gonna be fun
0: Very nice Well I know we talk about it pretty much every episode But it's because it's current right now While we're recording uh, We all just finished uh, season 4 Volume 1 of Stranger Things mm. Yep Briefly give me your, give me your reaction Brian. It was a lot darker than I thought it would be
2: Joe I thoroughly enjoyed how horrific It was
0: that was the thing that that struck me the most is like the other three seasons were great, like phenomenally, you know, phenomenal story, phenomenal cast, excellent visuals, but like this was the season that made me feel like it jumped from being like a preteen show to an adult show, and it it, it
2: was glorious. It tickled all my all my horror f- desires. I, I just love I loved all of it. the the body The body horror alone of uh, of a lot of the deaths in the show is just. It's it's gross, but I it's creepy. It's it's scary. I love it.
0: You know, I, I was uh, I was watching an interview with the Duffers, and they said that they hired the makeup artist that uh, was used on Game of Thrones to create the White Walkers to come and create Vecna. So he was all because hmm. the, the the coolest thing about the White Walkers in Game of Thrones is that they were um, it was all practical effects, you know, and that was Vecna was almost all practical effects mm. obviously with the exception of a few things but him as a visual villain was outstanding and of course yeah. if you haven't seen the trailer they obviously show him in the trailer so it's not like a big mystery as to who he is but it was if you have not seen it stop this podcast now go watch it then you can come
2: back well watch. at least finish the podcast well,
0: maybe finish the podcast <laughs> but it's excellent super super well done and it's I'm anxious for volume two.
2: You know, now that you say that about the, uh, the the special effects makeup, it does have White Walker resemblances. I, you know, I never put it together, but they it really very, does. It looks very it really similar does. to the to the king, very much the so. Night King.
0: And it is full of twists. That's all I'm going to say. Oh yeah,
1: it's a lot of twists. I'm hoping in this next uh, segment that they kind of reveal how he has become the way he is. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And they teased it in all the artwork, but the, the, the separated storyline, and they teased it with separate ways for, for, from Journey, but like all the separate storylines, they do a really good job of, of keeping the parallel storylines interesting. Like not one storyline to me was is lacking so far. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm invested in all four main storylines. That's
1: what's interesting with me with this season is you have those four different storylines going on at the same time Mm -hmm. and nobody really is aware of
0: of the other storyline well this is the first season All the, i mean all uh, except for season one really um seasons two and three they they definitely had separate storylines but they were all happening within the confines of hawkins Mm -hmm. for the most part this this season is not the case and i think that's what makes it most exciting because you're trying to keep up with what's going on where and i'm ready to see the culmination in episodes eight and nine of where it's all coming together so I, i'm excited for it it's dropping in the beginning of july and uh i'm excited for it yeah
1: i remember jeremy said that he is like 30 days is way too long to wait yeah. i'm like it's
2: 30 days Definitely go watch it. It's it's amazing, and you know all the all the '80s nuggets. You know we're in the '80s right now. All the '80s nuggets to this guy. I mean, being based in the '80s, of course, but the soundtrack is stellar. The uh, the all the movie references. I mean, they've referenced a lot of of horror films from the from the '80s, and it's it's very very apparent that they're drawing a lot of inspiration from all of those all of the genres.
1: I'm gonna keep my fingers crossed that. They're going to end it
0: the way they should end it. Let's hope that they don't pull a Game of Thrones ending and just kind of oh, rush the gosh. ending and be done with it. I don't think that they're going to. If you base, if you look at the entire season so far, I think that they're they're getting ready to to, to stick the landing well. I hope so. But if if this is your first time listening to the Brothers Grimm, um, then a couple episodes back, uh, Joey did a story on the Montauk Project, which was actually uh, a cool basis that the Duffer Brothers. Um, really centered Stranger Things around. So if you have the opportunity, this is your first time here, uh, head back a couple episodes and give that a listen. And uh, it's a really cool connection point. Yeah,
1: more specifically, the first season of Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm,
2: for sure.
0: So the story that I'm bringing to you guys today is the unexplained death of the actress, Natalie Wood. So she was an Academy Award nominated actress who was in some of the most famous films of all time. She co-starred in Miracle on 34th Street uh, when she was only eight years old. And when she was a teenager, she earned her first Oscar nomination, which is impressive as a teenager. It's impressive at any age, but a teenager especially.
2: I mean, I don't have an Oscar.
0: And I grew up watching that movie with my grandmother.
1: She uh, was her favorite movie and she'd always want me to watch it with her.
2: That's so sweet.
0: Critics and fans alike would later say that Wood was the silver screen symbol of a woman in transition because few stars had ever made the successful leap from the hurdles of child stardom to mature on-screen roles for adults. But behind the scenes, her love life was rocky. Wood had affairs with both the director, Nicholas Ray, and co-star Dennis Hopper. She also dated stars like Elvis Presley before she met her husband, Robert Wagner, at the age of
2: 18. Good for her, Elvis Presley.
0: The two married in 1957, but divorced five years later. They found their way back to each other in 1972, remarried, and had a daughter. Natalie's mother Maria was highly eager to make her the breadwinner of the family and regularly pushed her to audition for roles despite her young age. But Maria's encounter with a fortune teller, when she herself was just a child, yielded an ominous premonition. The gypsy said her second child would be a great beauty and famous, but that she should beware of dark water.
2: See, I don't know about fortune tellers and stuff. I, You know, I have a really hard time with fortune tellers because, like, you know, I feel like you study the craft enough, you could probably generalize comments enough to, like, predict anybody's, you know, future.
0: It's all about mentalism. It's all about, like, reading somebody's body language and giving vague enough ideas or vague enough suggestions to where they're like, oh, yeah, that is about my aunt. Mm -hmm. Um, So... You know, I don't really – I've never been to a fortune teller before. Um, Don't know if I ever will, but it may be cool just to, you know, check it out.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, Brian, you you speak into it too, but, like, I I feel like supernatural things like ghosts or demons is – I almost feel like it's a little more believable than fortune tellers because, like, you know, then we're kind of crossing into the superhero (laughs) uh, superpowers. Side of, of the supernatural, and I, I'm not sure I'm, I can get there.
1: Yeah, it's a little strange to me, too. Um, we, we've had a friend, <clears throat> I won't say his name, but we had a friend where him and his now wife, they went to a uh, medium, I think it was a Long Island medium, and um, they went to one of her live shows, and they said they got something out of it, um, but I've never been, just like none of us have, but... Um, yeah it's it's definitely more of a stretch uh kind of than like actual like paranormal and demons and spirits and that sort of thing
0: as woods's career continued on it began to wane although she did act opposite of oscar winner christopher walken in her last picture brainstorm it was thanksgiving weekend of 1981 when their alleged relationship arguably became a problem wood and wagner invited walken to join their sailing trip around catalina island and that's where everything went wrong. See, Natalie Wood lived the American dream, though it would tragically devolve into a Hollywood nightmare. It all came crashing down during a fateful weekend in Southern California. But what happened on the evening of November 28, 1981 is unclear. What is clear is that the authorities recovered Woods' body the following morning, floating a mile away from the Splendor, which was the name of the boat that they were on, with a small dinghy found on a beach nearby. Woods' body was found around 8 a.m. the next morning in a flannel nightgown, down jacket, and socks. According to the Channel Biography, who ran a special on this, the chief medical examiner in the LA County Coroner's Office announced her death as an accidental drowning on November 30th. She was only 43 years old. The autopsy showed Wood had several bruises on her arms and an abrasion on her left cheek. The coroner explained Woods' bruises as superficial and probably sustained at the time of drowning.
2: Natalie Wood was married to Robert at the time, and they invited Christopher Walken on to their boat to hang out, and they find, the police find her dead the next morning, floating in the water, bruises on her wrists, abrasion on her face, but an accidental drowning.
0: That's what it was ruled by the coroner's office. Okay.
2: I guess she probably died by
1: drowning, so
0: the bruises and cuts, scrapes were associated with that probably. Hmm. But in 2011, Captain Dennis Darvin admitted he left out key details regarding the night's events. As the years went on, Woods' loved ones only had more questions. The investigator's report chronicled the events as follows. Wood went to bed first. Wagner, having stayed up chatting with Walken, later went to join her, but noticed that both she and the dinghy were gone. The argument started the day before, Davrin said. The tension was going through the whole weekend. Robert Wagner was jealous of Christopher Walken. Davern said Wood and Walken spent hours at a Catalina Island bar before Wagner showed up furious. All four then went to dinner at the Doug's Harbor Reef restaurant where they shared champagne, two bottles of wine, and cocktails. Employees couldn't recall whether it was Wagner or Walken, but one of them threw a glass at the wall at some point. At around 10 p.m., they used their dinghy to get back to the Splinter. Accounts have changed over the years. Walken did admit to investigators that he and Wagner had a small beef, but that it regarded the couple's prolonged film shoot-related absences from their child. Though reports initially stated that the fight died down, Daverin claimed otherwise in 2011. He said everyone continued drinking while back on board and that Wagner was enraged. He allegedly broke a bottle of wine over a table and screamed at Walken, are you trying to F my wife? Daverin remembered walking, retreating to his cabin, and that was the last I saw of him. Wagner and Wood returned to their room too when a shouting match ensued. Most ominously, Daverin said, he later heard the fight continue on deck before everything went silent. When Daverin checked on them, he only saw Wagner who said, Natalie is missing. Wagner told Daverin to go look for her and then he said the dinghy is missing too. The captain knew Natalie was deathly afraid of water and doubted she took the dinghy out alone. He also said Wagner didn't want to turn on the boat's floodlights nor call for help because he didn't want to draw attention to the situation. Obviously, she's
1: deathly afraid of water because of this this fortune teller said, avoid the
0: dark water. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Key witness Marilyn Wayne, who was on a boat 80 feet away that night, told sheriff's investigators she and her boyfriend heard a woman screaming (laughs) around 11 p.m. So one hour after they're back on the boat, after drinking. Somebody please help me. I'm drowning. The cries implored until about 1130. Their call to the Harbor master went unanswered. And with a party on another boat nearby, the pair concluded it must've been a joke. As for Wagner's hesitance to call anyone. He did eventually at one 30 AM.
2: Jeez. So I wonder why the captain didn't hear her. Like, let's like, let's assume, right? Let's role play it a little bit. All goes, goes quiet. And the captain can hear them arguing on the on the, the deck. He doesn't hear her screaming, but he hears it go silent. So something transpired. If she did fall in the water and she was yelling for help, he would have heard that.
0: Yeah, or a splash or something. A
2: splash. He would have heard the screaming. If a boat 80 feet away could hear her screaming, I assume the captain of the ship that, that she was supposed to be on would be able to hear her screaming. And then the other question is, where's Walken and all this? Where's Walken? He's in his room. Hey, we had beef.
0: The discovery of her body only yielded more questions than answers. The case was reopened in November of 2011 after Davern admitted he lied during the initial investigation and alleged that Wagner was responsible for Natalie Wood's death. Since that bombshell report, Wagner has refused to talk to authorities. However, Walken has cooperated fully with investigators. According to the BBC, Woods' death certificate was later amended from accidental drowning to drowning with undetermined factors. In 2018, a spokesperson for the Los Angeles Sheriff confirmed that Woods' case was now an undeniably suspicious death, and Robert Wagner was officially named a person of interest. As we've investigated the case over the last six years, I think he's more of a person of interest now, said LA County Sheriff's Lieutenant. I mean, we know now that he was the last person to be with Natalie before she disappeared. I haven't seen him tell the details that match all the other witnesses in the case. I think he's consistently changed his story a little bit and his version of events just doesn't add up. Investigators made multiple attempts to speak with him to no avail. We'd love to talk to Robert Wagner, said Karina. He's refused to talk to us and we can't force him to talk to us because he has rights and he can't talk to us if he doesn't want to. Which seems a little bit ridiculous. That does
2: seem a little ridiculous. Like he can't be like a peanut or anything like that.
0: Not, not unless there's
1: like a
2: actual, like an active court case. Yeah, I guess that's true.
1: And they, I guess they don't have enough evidence, really.
2: Yeah, and if the in the '80s, I guess if there's any type of holding laws, they can't hold him for longer than 24, 48 hours. What? Probably 48.
0: In addition to Biography and BBC, uh, this incident was most recently explored on HBO's documentary "What Remains Behind." Walken hasn't publicly spoken much on the events of that night, but he did appear to believe that it was an unfortunate accident. Anybody there saw the logistics of the boat, the night, where we were, that it was raining, and would know exactly what happened, said Walken in a 1997 interview. You hear about these things happening to people. They slip in a bathtub, fall down the stairs, step off a curb in London because they think the cars are coming the other way, and they die. Meanwhile, Karina maintains that the tragedy was no accident. He said she got into the water somehow, and I don't think she got into the water by herself. In the end, Robert Wagner's refusal to cooperate is legal and may simply stem from a desire not to revisit the tragedy. But what really happened aboard the Splendor that night in 1981 remains the real mystery.
2: I absolutely 100% believe that Robert Wagner was responsible for her death.
1: Even if he wasn't responsible, I wonder if he
0: was
2: there. He knows something.
0: Yeah, he knows more than than anybody else in this case. No, I definitely think that he's responsible. I think whether it was an accident or on purpose, he's the one, and there's part of me that thinks that Daverin is... He's probably covering for him. I think he That's covered he for him say. initially. Yeah. And knows more than he's saying, and came clean with a guilty conscience. And but he he's still not telling everything. Super
2: clean, because he, you know... Wagner still isn't speaking and about it. Walking, I feel like, is... is uh, I mean, I think he... I, I personally think he probably knows a little bit more as well. Again, he would have heard the screams too.
1: You would think, but I, if he was in his cabin, or I, I don't know how big this boat was, but if he was in his cabin, he was upset. They obviously had been drinking heavily. Yeah, he could have passed out. Or he something. could have been passed out or continued to drink and therefore his my his memory's foggy maybe
2: man it's this is the most one of those unfortunate cases because you got two people who are still living that know that probably know exactly what happened right robert wagner's still living here, right?
0: yeah he's like 89 90 years old yeah
2: he's gonna take that to his grave and uh he knows i know he knows
1: and at the end of the day the captain is ultimately responsible for everyone on that on that ship on that sure. boat absolutely
2: This episode was written by Jeremy Thompson with discussion from Joey Thompson and Brian McIntyre and was recorded at Starscream Studio. Grayson over at Starscream is an incredible producer and engineer, so be sure to visit starscreamstudio.com for all your tracking and recording needs. Additional audio support by Will Compton and original music composed by Nick McClure. Be sure to subscribe and when you do, drop a line in the comments and say hi. We want to hear your grim stories too. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next episode.